three, two, one. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to a fellow, not a fellow South African, but I am just like a huge fan and, you know, we have a lot in common turns out. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for the kind words. Um, I always like to start with what I call the like Starbucks pitch. So if I met you in Starbucks, I'm probably the first person to have a conversation with you. I'm just that type of person. So if yeah. I saw you and I uh, said, hey, Nicole, what, uh, what do you do? And uh, how, would you, how would you go about answering that, answering that? So I guess what I could tell people, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like, I don't really talk about, I mean, I guess, are you asking, like, my pitch for carnivore or, like, you know, going low carb or more so? Wherever you want to take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures, um, picture Starbucks and picture, hey, Nicole, uh, what, what are you about? What do you do? Yeah, so I would say I do have a corporate job, but that's not really, you know, what I like to put out in the world. Mm. Um, it's more so kind of like what I'm trying to help people with. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that have stories. There's a lot of people struggling with certain ailments and they don't know or they haven't been led to, you know, the information that they need to kind of like start their journey to get better. You know, a lot of people like don't understand that, hey, like, you can fix your digestive issues, you know, you can fix or put this, you know, autoimmune disease in remission, and you can have a better quality of life. So really, all I'm just trying to do is promote my story, um, how my life has gone from being like, very, I guess, rough in terms of like what I was dealing with with my body to now being like, oh, like, my quality of life has gone up, like, I'm better, I feel better. So really to me, it's just like, hey, do you want to feel better? You know, I can talk to you about what you need to get better. And I just share my story versus kind of like shoving it down someone's throat and being like, hey, <laughs> you need to do this. This is the only way. So um, I guess that's kind of what I do. So post a lot of pictures, write about my journey um, and all the different things that have been cured through a carnivore meat-based diet. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, straight off the bat, I think we, we, we've got a very similar sense of humor and we've got very similar interests and things. And, and I think that's why I wanted to connect with you. Um, and yeah, thank you for all that you do. It's, it really is um, inspiring. And I know there's a lot, there is a lot of people like in the space and there's a lot of what I like to call like at carnival Karens in the world, it's just like posting pictures of their steaks all day long. But you know, what I like is that you bring a different, more real aspect to it. And there's, there's so much more to it. You know, I think my mantra is like heal the body and the mind will appear. And I think when you heal, when you heal your body, you know, amazing things happen and it's a feedback loop. And I think you definitely um, exert that energy in, in all that you do. Um, and oh, I actually, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> My my research is a lot of it is Instagram based because we met on Instagram, obviously. But I yeah. also I went to your website, which is Raw Raw Meats. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed I pulled out a quote here, which I really enjoy. It says, I don't track anything. That's because I don't need to. I eat till I'm full and I'm always feeling nourished and satisfied. If only I knew what I know now. You can eat all the meats, eggs, and animal-based products to achieve the same physical results 
and not have to restrict yourself. Um, I don't care how I look, I care how I feel. And I absolutely love that. Like my goal isn't to be thin. It is to wake up every day and feel my best. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can speak more to that, but to me, that's definitely like everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think growing up, especially as a female, you have a lot of pressure and same for males, right. To like be skinny, to look good. Um, and like whatever the cost is mentally or physically on your body. I remember like early on when I was, you know, I did play volleyball in college for a bit. I was an athlete growing up. And so I never had to really worry about what I ate. But once I stopped playing volleyball, (laughs) um, that's when like, you know, you get to the age and when you're not playing, you know, you don't need a million, you know, calories, right? Because you're not working out as much. So I got into this really bad habit where I would, I would basically go to the gym and I would work out for three hours doing mostly heavy cardio, which is insane thinking about that now. Oh my gosh. I would do heavy cardio and I was the lightest I've ever weighed. I was eating more of a plant-based diet. I was eating maybe just like chicken every now and then. I actually also tried being vegan during this time, um, which was just awful for my mental health. It really just kind of like, kind of made things even worse. And like, I wasn't eating as much as I should. And, you know, you're like, oh, like, I guess like I'm tracking my calories and I would track them so closely that I would say, okay, like I need to have a deficit on my calories and how much I work out in order to eat this, right? So I guess I'm having, I think I said in there, I guess I'm having a salad for dinner okay, like, cool, you know, totally hungry. So my big thing is that I know that, you know, some people do have great intentions and are healthily tracking their their macros, right? Like, I think that's, you know, some people do that and that's fine. My whole thing is that I would get obsessive with Mm -hmm. them, right? You're like constantly looking like, oh, like, can I hit this number? You know, is this, is my fat okay? You know, like all that stuff. And it gets obsessive. Like you have to log it after everything you eat, you pre-log things to see how they're going to affect your macros, how many calories it is, like what's actually in it. Right. So that just got really obsessive. And I was the thinnest I've ever weighed, sorry, thinnest I've ever looked. I think I was down to about 120. And this was just like constant cardio, just like I told you. So like Mm. basically starving myself and doing so much cardio to the point where it's like 90 minutes a day. That's, that's insane. Mm. Um, And it would get in the way too of like, you know, hanging out with friends, right. You'd be like, Oh, I actually have to go to the gym and like do my 90 minutes of cardio so I can continue this deficit. So anyway, so that's like where that whole mindset comes from. And like so many people I think struggle with this. So when I was on keto, I still was tracking and I like, I hated that. I was just like, (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, I don't have enough fat. Like, what is going, you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, like my carb thing, my net carbs, like, what is that? So it just like got kind of like in that same mindset of like, I get obsessive. I don't want to do this. Hmm. So I ended up, um, I guess, like when I looked into carnivore, I didn't have to track anything. I was like, wait, so I get to eat like, let's say two steaks a day hmm. and like, any meat I want and I don't have to track anything like that's amazing so I saw when I got further into carnivore like at first I did track it just to see like I was so interested because I was like hey like what are what is it going to be is it going to be this much fat this much protein like I'm just very interested and also seeing like what actually had carbs in it or like how many carbs in it right so I think I did that for maybe the first initial three months at most and I was just like 
okay, cool. Like, I feel great. I don't have to track anything anymore. Like, this is a dream come true. I work out when I want. So I think there's definitely a big image on, it's like the image, like how you mm. look when it should really be like, hey, like, how do you feel? How do you feel when you're on that diet that's restricting you from having the protein and the nutrients you need? You know, like that's not good. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for brain function. It's not good for your development, especially if you're younger, like I was, where I thought it was, you know, a thing. So I would just say to people, like, if you don't want to track carnivore, definitely something that's changed my obsessiveness uh, for the better in that department. Um, but yeah, I do know there's people that do track on carnivore, which I think is like, you know, to each their own. But for me personally, that's something I want to get away from. Like, I just mm. don't want to go down that road ever again. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And it almost becomes like, I know with myself, like it's similar to fasting, like, like not in this, but it, it almost becomes an excuse to indulge in shit as well. It's like, just because you are eating well, you know, I sort of leverage that as an excuse to, get absolutely shit face in the weekend and then in the week as long as I was good and I was tracking my macros and I was going to CrossFit I could get away with it and that just caught oh, up totally. so quickly with me <laughs> especially oh yeah I think it's like people think it's helping them but I'm like dude like it's actually hurting you in the long run because then like I used it when I was like when I was vegan and I remember being like that's a whole other topic but I just remember being like okay like Oreos are vegan right like I can have three and a half Oreos and still stay under like my thing. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what yeah. was that thought process? Exactly. And, you know, and that's another reason why I wanted to speak to you is because, you know, I, somebody asked me yesterday what I was doing. I said I was recording a podcast and they were like, ask mm -hmm. me what drives me. And it's exactly that. I just look at the poor souls that think, you know, that living on a salad every day and starving yourself is the way to optimal health. And it's only because we are so conditioned to be thinking that, you know, it's like you said, people have the best intentions. I, I truly believe mm -hmm. that. Like everyone who comes to sure, you know, vegan, everyone has the best intentions. It's just, unfortunately, when your intentions don't align with the right strategy, you might end up getting in a very bad place without even realizing it. and then you start blaming yourself and it becomes this like vicious totally and I would call us like the people that are in the carnivore community like we're disruptors mm. I like to use that word because we're going against everything that the food epidemiology has taught us over the years from when we're conditioned as a little kid to where we are now we're constantly being hit with ads we're constantly being hit of hey you need comfort. I think it was Kelly Hogan that recently said something. And I was just like, Oh my God, like this speaks to me on such a level that it's like, she was saying, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I need a comfort food. Right. Like I, I feel like sad about something going on in my life, or I feel like, Hey, like I've had a bad day. You know what I want to do? I want to eat and like go crazy on processed carbs and sugar and whatever. Right. Just like go all out. And the question that we should be asking instead is, why do I feel this way? Mm. Why do I feel like I need something to comfort me 
And like this food is going to make me feel better instead of like kind of getting down to the root of like what's really going on, you know, like, exactly. why do I want to eat this? But I have a bad conversation with like one of my parents or something, um, a falling out with a friend, a really hard work day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's tackle that instead of just going, you know, going into like, I'm just going to comfort myself with food <laughs> and then just shove this under. Right. So that was something she said. And I was just like, man, like I have been there because I was like, definitely also like an overeater and a binger, you know, like you just snap. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I love Katie Hogan. She's, she's got that. Yeah. She's just, you can just see, she's just got that like wisdom about her and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's very, very awesome to, to listen to her speak and follow her. Um, so you, you mentioned your, we mentioned the carnival and you sort of touched on like, how, how did you actually find out about it? That's always my, I, I love knowing okay. how people, can, oh, man. was it Sean Baker so and Joe Rogan? Kind of like, <laughs> yes. I feel like I should like give you kind of like my background because like, this was a long journey to get to carnivore. So like, you know, being in the community of like carnivore and like someone putting your stuff out there, like it's not something where I can just pitch to you, Josh, if you're like, you know, if you're like someone that's not doing that. And I'm like, Hey, like you need to do this. Right. This yeah. is like, this took me three years before getting into it. So like back in like, Oh my God, like right when the podcast came out, I think I listened to it like a couple months after with Sean Baker. I think it was in 2016 with Joe Rogan. Mm. Here we go. Um, and so I was like, I was like listening to it and I was like, this is absolutely fascinating because at the time what had happened to me is I had actually hurt my knee and I, it wasn't getting better and it was super weird. Like it wasn't torn or anything. And so I think this was like 2017, actually when like a year later after it came out and um, I had listened to the podcast at the time I had just hurt my knee. Um, I was on keto at the time and I was just like listening, like, oh, this guy's taken it to the next level. Cool. Um, and so I actually had a doctor do a bunch of tests because he's like, there's something inflammatory going on with you because, you know, you're in shape, you were an athlete, like you shouldn't have this knee pain, it shouldn't be this full and like, let's see what's going on. So he does like a bunch of tests. And then, um, like there was this one test called a ANA, which is like a antibody nuclear antigen test, I believe is what it's called. And so this is kind of like a marker they use to go into the field of autoimmune rheumatology, right? So he was like, hey, I'm not dealing with this. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I'm referring you to a rheumatologist. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So the rheumatologist does a bunch of tests um, and basically like test my marker for my ANA again. The first time it was only like, I think 200 points over the marker. At this point, it had got to like, I think 400. Wow. over the initial marker and I'm like okay so this is like getting worse like and it, it just was stressful and new so I'm working with this rheumatologist she does some tests to kind of like you know find out what's going on and so she does a bunch and like you know they were like oh you probably have like you know they just like threw out random stuff and I'm like wait what like <laughs> so anyway so I'm like freaking out so I'm like it's just a knee like it's just my knee like I swear um and so don't do any more tests up, I know right <laughs> and so she ends up doing this test um for like thyroid antibodies right and so that was the one that came up as having something there right what happens with those tests is unless 
it's actually affecting your thyroid function. So the next step was getting a thyroid test, right? Is your function okay? Do you have normal levels? Is it hyperactive? Is it not? So my thyroid was okay. I ended up going to an endocrinologist and the endocrinologist did all these different tests, did like hormone levels, everything. They're fine, right? They were like, they thought I had like PCOS, I think at one point. So it was just like a whole, it was like this doctor, this, this is eye-opening in the healthcare world, by the way. I was just kind of getting passed off around. So anyway, so she basically told me, you have this uh, antibody in your thyroid. I don't know when it's gonna rear its head and actually start affecting your bodily function, but it does seem like there's inflammation going on in your body. This is probably causing more stress, et cetera. Like I couldn't really walk. I was using crutches a lot. It was bad news. Well, so they said so, that, um, they said that they don't know when it's actually going to start affecting the rest of your body. Yes. Oh yes. my word. That's like not very refreshing to hear. <laughs> right. So she's like, I don't know when this is going to happen. It could happen whenever. And so that's when I started looking into keto, right? I was like, okay, like what can I do? Cause I don't like to just be like, oh, too bad. Like, let's put you on medication. Like that's like the last resort. Right. And there was nothing they could do because my thyroid function was fine. Right. Mm. Um, so I started looking at keto, low carb, like literally anything. And I was looking into different people and their experiences, cutting out sugar, how sugar has like an impact on that, right? How the high fat diet has been used for people with inflammatory issues. I was looking up all these different people and then talking about their experience. So to me, like people's experience was really strong to me because you kind of get to a point of desperation when you start finding out and looking into low carb and keto and stuff like that, not everyone, but most people, right? Like they want to fix something, right? They need mm. to figure out like, Hey, this is affecting me this way. I need to make it better. So I got into keto and I was doing that. And, you know, my knee was, I was still doing upper body exercises almost every day. Like I was still trying to like, you know, get in there. Cause that's important. And, uh, they ended up doing a, um, a MRI where they basically inject you uh, the knee area with a certain liquid that lights up so they can see on a more granular level what's going on with your knee. So he goes, hey, orthopedic surgeon comes back into my life and he goes, hey, this hasn't gone back and it's like, it's almost been a year and it's still bad. You're doing keto, you're doing all this stuff. So they go in to do that test and they go, okay, so I think you have Plica syndrome, right? And this is like, so just kind of like generic, um, like, I'm going to say that you have that, you know, like, kind of like, I don't really know what to say, but they ended up finding a little piece of plica and plica is basically this tissue that's around your kneecap. And what happens is every now and then, you know, a little piece can get stuck um, in between like your kneecap and your, um, your femur. Wait, what's the one below? Is that your tibia or your femur? Your, I your tibia, femur. I think. Oh, okay. Tibia. Below. Okay. It's either oh, your tibia or your femur. The, the calf, the calf, right? Whatever yes. that is. Um, I'm not a doctor, so anyway. yeah. Um, yeah. Now's a good time to tell everyone we are not doctors, people. Yeah, we are not doctors. <laughs> um, so I it got stuck in between there, and he goes, "Hey, I can go in, do an orthoscopic. I can scope your knee. Maybe there's something else going on. I'll go in, snip, snap, clean it up a little bit. It'll be done." And at this point, Josh, I was like, my life had been changed. Like I was not active. I was not happy. It was probably the lowest point one of the lowest points in my life um, where I was just mad at the world. I was like mad at everything. I was so sad and frustrated, like everything. I was like, oh, I can't hike because I can't walk that far. Mm. Oh, like you're going to go to the farmer's market downtown. Sorry, I can't go. Like I can't be on my feet for that long. 
it was just a huge shift. Anyway, so he does that, do the surgery. It's better. I do PT. Um, there's still pain, but it's like, it's just kind of like soreness. Um, so I think he corrected to an extent, like the plica that was actually stuck. That definitely helped when he removed it. However, the pain in general was like not gone. So that is when I basically was like, okay, I need to do PT. So I was doing PT like three times a day. Like I was going nuts. Like I was like, okay, like this needs to get better. Like I'm going to get back on track. Um, so it's still kind of there. And like, I have also just to make things even more fun. Um, I've always had a slip disc in my back since I was 15 wow. years old. So I have my L5, it's like down the bottom, my L5 and my S1, they rub together like this. Um, and so there's no like in between thing and they just rub together, right? Yeah, there's no so cartilage I've been dealing there. With that. Yes, so I've been dealing with having to do a lot of like stretching and self-discipline to take care of myself from like a very young age of 15. I would mm. literally go to yoga before going to high school, like mm. in the morning. Like I would wake up at six, go to yoga, go to school, come back, go swimming and then like go to volleyball practice so anyway but um yeah so like that was okay um and then I remember being like you know what like there's another girl that's on this is where another person comes in Michaela Peterson and she spoke to me like just in terms of like I didn't speak to her but I mean when she was talking about her body her issues with, you know, um, rheumatoid, uh, rheumatic arthritis, right? Um, like she literally has had to have knee replacements, bone replacements, et cetera. And like her talking about beef, I was like, wait, like Sean Baker was talking about this. Now I'm listening to Michaela Peterson. Like, mm. and so I started just like going down this rabbit hole of looking up like carnivore people and like looking up stories, like looking up people and like their own experience, you know? And I was like, whoa, whoa, like, I have like the same problem. Like, oh my gosh. So anyway, so that's how I got further into the carnivore route. So it wasn't like, you know, just like, oh, listen to it once. I'm convinced. It was like two and a half, three years. Um, and then I got to the point where I uh, was working out every day, but I decided to stop doing keto, stop doing low carb for a couple months. And during those months, I was like the heaviest I've ever been. Like I was 156 pounds. I'm 128 today. And I was just, I was drinking, I was eating whatever the heck I want. I still always followed gluten-free though. Um, so I've been gluten-free for like five years, six years maybe now. But um, God, yeah. Like I just remember like once I did it and like, you know, three weeks in, I was like, oh, whoa, like my knee, I was like, yeah what is this what, what is, is this, this black magic <laughs> yeah I'm like oh my gosh like are you serious so I wish I just wish I I just wish I like listened to Sean Baker initially and just like tried it because it would have made I just am so curious if I would have needed surgery you know or if it would have gone away so yeah so that's how I found out that's my long-winded answer of how I found out about carnivore and like my my journey no, thank you. Um, I, I love I love hearing how people come to this way of eating, and that's definitely one of the most one of the most unique ones that I've heard. <laughs> oh, and just to let you know too, like so, there was also really bad stomach issues. From yes, I remember eating. you saying something about this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like so, basically, like I remember, like New Year's Eve, um, not this last one, but the one before. 
I guess we were going into 2020. So like Jan 1, 2020, like the night before we had like obviously drank a little bit. Um, I had like done something like I think previously as well. And then my birthday followed at the end of January. And like, I just remember like just throwing up for like two days afterwards. And it wasn't like an alcohol thing. It was like, my stomach was just like freaking. Do you know what I mean? Like your stomach was just like freaking out. And I had been taking Tums every night for like months, which is insane. And so I was like, I actually had an appointment scheduled with my gastro, just like on top of everything. I was like, you know, stomach issues, great. So I had an appointment with the gastro and I was going to go see them. And then that's like, that was kind of the edge of being like, okay, carnivore. Like people have talked about their stomach issues going away, um, handling that. I cannot eat, you know, these crappy things. Like sugar seems to really upset my stomach. So that was kind of the icing on the cake. Um, Two weeks in, all those stomach issues went away, which is why I never stopped. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I remember you saying something about, actually, that's probably how I ended up following you. I actually read your post and you said, something about not knowing but but having that liberation that you just know that you're being healed you know because you you didn't actually find out am i right in saying that you didn't find out what what was wrong with you you know but this way of eating just sort of gave you that that ability to heal which is what i find very interesting and yeah i mean i personally think that there's far more there's far more of a spiritual benefit to this diet than people realize. And that's what I, I, I like to highlight is that it's, there's just so much more to it instead of, you know, you need the Sean Bakers of the world to, to sort of uh, be that side, but you also need, you know, some people that just appreciate um, the, the, the everyday value that this, that this gives you. And yeah, thank you. You mentioned, uh, your i think you mentioned the way you eat and stuff is there any favorites like recipes or go-to meals that you do i know you've got a few recipes on your website which i saw which are really awesome but what's your like go-to meal on an average day i mean yeah so i would say basically like most of the time i'm always trying to eat a steak for dinner like Mm -hmm. i just i love beef i love the way it fills me up sometimes when I have chicken for dinner, for example, I'm like still hungry and it's because of the fat, you know? Mm. So I love to always have like a steak for dinner. That's like number one. Um, but during the day, like, you know, we usually break our fast around like noon or so, or, you know, I just kind of, whenever I'm hungry, I eat, but you know, eggs, like people don't realize, I think to the extent that like eggs are so good for you. Um, especially the yolk, of course, which is where all the nutrients in. I remember a time when I was eating, oh my gosh, like egg oh, whites. Egg whites. Like, oh. What? oh my God, don't even get me started. I'd be like, okay, I can't have this much fat because low fat diet. So I'm going to get the yep. turn of egg whites. Oh yep. my gosh. Oof. Okay. But eggs, eggs literally are like my favorite thing. Um, like we'll just cook whatever meat we have left over from the night before. Like I usually throw some ham, bacon. A scramble is like my favorite. Um, and then for like big, you know, big, cra- like not big crowds, but like if you have like something where you're having like a, you know, a brunch or something and people are coming over, I make like a breakfast casserole, which mm. will have like four or five different meats in it, egg, 
um, you know, a little bit of heavy cream just to make it a little bit more fluffy. And then cheese, you know, um, sometimes I'll garnish it with vegetables in terms of like the really low, like inflammatory ones. Like I won't put like, I don't like tomatoes at all. Um, but you can like put, you literally just throw it together and you put it in the oven. Like it's like, yeah. that's so, this is all, by the way, like this whole thing of being like simple is by purpose, you know, like carnivore is so simple. And like so many people like are like, oh, that sounds so complicated. Like so much time. And I'm like, dude, I just made dinner in four minutes. I did a yeah. ribeye and I seared it on both sides for two minutes. Like it's more about like the discipline of like having to make your own food and having to want to do that. Like my whole thing is you cannot force, a, like it's like you can't force a horse to drink water, right? Mm. Like you mm. can't tell someone to do that. They have to have kind of their own journey. So like if someone's like, hey, tell me why I should do carnivore. I'm like, I really can't answer that for you. Like you need to do your research. Like I read so many different books and everything before like going gung ho. Like it's not, you know, so yeah. But yeah, exactly. Hey, and sure. like, I, I wanted to highlight something there. Like you said, it's your own journey. And yeah, that is the most important thing. Like, um, I'm so far into this journey, but I still don't have this shit figured out. There's still days where, <laughs> where I, I second yes myself. And there's still days where you have your doubts and it's all about, finding the shit out for yourself and doing it that's the most important thing just jumping in and doing it and getting the basics right mm -hmm. and then taking it from from there you mentioned uh we so you, you're in a relationship I, i'm always interested how what's the dynamic with carnivore living you know with with your partner living with a carnivore and and is it is it easy is it doable you know for other people out there that may be grappling with the same issue yeah, so it's easy and definitely doable. I think everyone's first thing is like, oh my God. So we've been conditioned to believe that red meat is bad. Mm. Too much meat is bad. You're going to have your arteries clogged, have a heart attack. We now know from long-term carnivores, we now know from the Inuit, from the different tribes around the world who have been meat-based for their whole life, right? Or meat-based for centuries, right? So, you know, people can say that, but you have to kind of be ready, like my boyfriend, for, or sorry, my fiance, um, he actually was like, you know what? Like, I think it's great. Like, you should do it. He wasn't on board in the beginning. He was not on board. And he goes, I am not going to eat red meat every day. I have heart disease in my family. So that was the dynamic in the beginning. He would eat chicken. I would just cook my own steak. It was separate, right? So that was kind of gnarly. And basically what I did was he saw what was happening with me. And then he also saw like the improvements. Mm. And then he also saw, I was able to kind of make a case for him and say to him, Hey, like cholesterol. And I think I've done a story about this. Cholesterol is not going to determine if you have heart disease or if you have a heart attack, right? There's so many different things in there. There's your triglycerides, there's your waistline, your activity levels, you know, are you actually working out? Um, your insulin levels, your C-reactive protein, right? To see if like inflammatory things are going on. So there's so many different components and people are killed from or die from heart disease every day with normal cholesterol levels. Yeah. So it, it gets a very bad rep. And I was able to present this to him and I was able to kind of put this in front of him. And he was like, hmm, you know, my test results had been fine during keto as well. 
Um, so like he wasn't really worried about the high fat, but anyway, so I converted him into it, which is like kind of gnarly. Cause he, he really had a stance. Like we were cooking meals separate. You know how annoying that is? Like when yeah. you live with someone and you're like, Oh, chicken for you. Take for me. Exactly. <laughs> and it does make it, like yeah. you said, it makes it difficult, but what's interesting is that he obviously saw you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. Like he obviously saw the, exactly. he, he saw the, the mental, the physical benefits that you were getting from this. And, you know, I've had family members look at me doing my thing and they're always interested. And um, yeah, one of my family members in particular, it wasn't carnival, but I started also keto and I was having bulletproof coffee and I still do. I have mm -hmm. bulletproof coffee every day. Yeah. And uh, he, he just got so interested and he tried it the once. And he just got hooked and he went full keto. And I yeah. can't believe he lost like, he lost like 50 pounds. And I was like, wow. But that was purely, I, I did yeah. not go to him with a big shirt saying bulletproof it, coffee, you need to go keto. <laughs> like just setting that example. You have to be curious enough. Like, so this has also happened. Like, I don't like to, there's different people that promote different diets. Right. And they're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, and you're just like, okay, like that's not making me want to do it. When I was telling you, like me looking at other people's experience, like that is what convinced me to do it because I was mm. like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Right. So I think the best way to approach things is, you know, give your experience, right. Like open up about what was cured, what, you know, made you feel better. And like, cause most of the time, like most people are going through that. Like, for example, anxiety was really bad for me. And a lot of people deal with anxiety, especially now during COVID time. So like, that was just complete 180 for me, you know, mm. and I do like to share that. Um, the other thing that obviously, Josh, you probably can't talk about is um, that time of the month for females. It was completely different. So I actually, you're saying that like your cousin, right? Like my sister was actually like talking to me about it. And she's like, you know what? I want to lose weight. Like I kind of gained some weight during COVID. And she did it for like two months. She's still doing it today. And she wow. didn't even know when her period was coming. She had no symptoms, no cramps, no headaches, no bloating, which is honestly like the best thing about carnivore is like no bloating. Anyway, yeah. but like she literally went from like having all these signs and issues to nothing. And like, I've talked to other carnivore females about this too. And it's the same thing. And I'm like, huh. Which just like shows that's... you that it's, that it's like yeah. most of what we consider normal today is yes. not normal you know exactly <laughs> yes yes so like that's what I'm like I'm like trying to say that and then I also had a friend his name's Rocco and he had reached out to me you know I wasn't trying to like push it down his throat I recommend having he reached out to me like the curiosity needs to be from that other person that's yes. interested in getting into it and then you can have yes. a conversation I recommended Sean Baker's book he had been an athlete in high school as well and so when I read Sean Baker's book of all the different records he's breaking going into his 50s I'm like okay like what is happening here um but he did it and he sent me a before and after picture and I was wow. like dude he's like I've been doing this for 15 days he goes I feel better I'm getting more cut it's so easy I like absolutely love it and there's been other people that reach out too so I just think it needs to be that person that's willing to like have the I mean keyword here discipline you cannot do carnivore and not be a disciplined person. You know what I mean? Like mm. 
you can't continue to cheat. You can't continue to do all these things. Like whenever I used to cheat, it would just be like, I mean, I talk about this in one of my uh, newsletter, you know, uh, blog posts, but it just brings back all the things. My knee yes. hurts, my back hurts, you know, like it, it like kind of like regresses you. So anyway, but it, yeah, it's just been like unreal. Yeah. So you've been on this, you've been doing this a long time. Have you changed your mind about anything recently or in the past couple of months? Is there something that has changed for you that you may, that, that comes to mind? I would say um, it's probably the vegetable thing. Um, I stop right there. Always, I'm turning. I'm turning. This I know you're like let's, let's go the other way. So no, here's the thing: like, there's so many different things. Um, sorry, I should be. There's so many different chemicals and chemical reactions that happen in plants that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of these foods and plants, like for example, almonds. The almonds that you eat today you know, they have been cultivated and uh, like engineered and modified in order to be edible. Almonds naturally are not edible. You know, we've cultivated that and we've made them so they're edible. A lot of different, you know, stuff like that too, right? So there's oxalates for all of the most basic. There's oxalates in plants, right? Mm. And so this doesn't affect everyone, right? Like you can be a plant eater and you can just be like, cool, doesn't affect me awesome that's great however for most of us or i would say a lot of people who think that hey like i have stomach issues like what's going on yeah. having that much fiber in your body having um oxalates and everything having raw like it's really like the raw vegetables too like having salads kale like it doesn't love your body back like you can love it but like every time i eat in a salad i'm just like oh my god like my stomach you know in the past because you're like what is going on here? So that's like the only thing that I've kind of been, I guess, more against. And I'm realizing the biggest difference between keto and carnivore is the vegetable and fiber intake, mm. right? That's going to be the key differentiator for me. And where I wasn't seeing as many results with keto, then when you switch to carnivore, you're like, oh, okay, this goes away, right? Like I can tolerate dairy better right now <laughs> because I don't eat vegetables super weird um but like there's little things like that like the periods you know stuff like as well so there's different things where I didn't get the benefits and like also like my joints hurting and everything on keto so I would just say that like there's a great book called the plant paradox I don't know if you've yes. ever read that by um, Stephen it, Gundry or something something like that yes. yes yes it goes into depth about it because I've always had issues with nightshades mm. um and I was like oh this is weird like I eat an onion and I'm like dying like I'm yeah. like what's going on you know so um I read that book and I was just like holy crap mm. there's so much like going on with plants but I didn't know and you know I think you probably I don't know if you're probably going to get into this or not but you always have people that probably reach out that are vegan or vegetarian that like really don't like us like mm. off the bat you know they don't know the full story of like you know where I've come from or you know how I got onto this path well, that's what this um, is for. That's exactly what this yeah. is for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's just exposing, it's just bringing to light, you know, a, 
a a subject that has been so like misinterpreted that's all that's all mm-hmm. it is and i believe i like to talk to ordinary people not the not only the short bakers of the world but just ordinary people that are just like to make this more accessible to everyone that's all i want yeah. you know to do so not ready to shift gears too much but like i see honestly you do like i think you do a bit of uh sun exposure and things like that and does that go like with mind? Like, do you have any mindfulness practices? I always like to, I'm going to be respectful of your time, of course, as well. But before we end, like, is there any mindfulness practices you, you oh, are involved I have, in? I, by the way, I do have time, just like an <laughs> FYI. So I blocked, I blocked two hours just to be safe. Oh, wow. I know you're going to Den Haag. So like, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> but um, just to let you know, I did block two hours. So I'm, I'm good that you have two hours. Like I booked that. <laughs> um but wait sorry what was the question again so mindfulness is there any like meditation uh any sort of other biohacks you know it can be mindfulness to me doesn't have to be meditation it can be going to the sun it can be yeah going for a walk is there anything that you find that is an additional help to your being yeah so this actually just happened really recently um with there's just a lot been going on in my life let's say like there's wedding planning there's um stress at work i was like grinding my teeth i won't shut up about it um so (laughs) i actually had a friend like i wrote and i was like hey like tell me how you go to bed right away you know because taylor my fiance he puts his head to the pillow and he's he's done right like he's out he's asleep there's no, yeah. give you know, me, I have a give very, me your, give me your secrets. Yes. I'm like, please share. So, yeah. um, you know, I always ask people to give me, I have a very strict night routine that I actually follow. But one thing recently is that, um, a friend of mine, her name's Ainsley, she had told me, and like, one of the things that I wasn't doing was, Hey, like if you're having stress or something, like before you go to bed, sit down with a journal and just write down like your worst fear, write down what you're thinking. Like, you know, what could possibly go wrong? You know, like just, just write it down on paper. There's something about that, especially with anxiety and, you know, things approaching and anticipation for the next day or whatever, a scary meeting maybe you have coming up. You have to like get it out on paper and it kind of just like escapes your mind. Um, so that has been helping actually really well. Like the past couple of days, I just started doing this like a week ago and I was just like, dude, like, mm. why have I not done this? But my night routine is definitely like very hardcore. I am off my devices by 8 p.m. at the latest. We eat every night around 5.30. We digest. Maybe we watch like 30 minutes of TV or something. We walk the dogs. We come back. I usually take a meditation bath. Um, So I take like an Epsom salt bath, not every night, but I try to. And it's like Epsom salt has like magnesium and stuff. And so I just like chill. And then I turn on my calmness. I have a calm app, you know, the calm app. I have that. And I turn on like daily medication or daily meditation. Or like if I'm feeling anxious, I'll put on like an anxiety one or like, hey, like stress management. So I'll put that on. And um, then I just am like there for at least 15 minutes. And then I'm like, cool. And then I like, you know, I brush my teeth. I, you know put on like my uh, I wear like a little oil on my face (laughs) and then it's literally from Trader Joe's like I I'm the worst I'm the worst skincare person like I I don't have advice for skincare like I don't 
Well, you don't need it. Anyway. Like carnivore, carnivore, your skin just naturally. It's, honestly, it's so it's much genetic. easier. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to blame, I don't want to say carnivore, but when I do cheat, like I have acne that'll pop up on my face. Like if I same. do cheat, that like comes and I'm like, where is this coming from? Anyway, but the point is, is that like the sun and walking really helps. I try to get 20 minutes a day of the sun when I can. It's just like it. You know, like the vitamin D or isn't it the vitamin D production or something or yeah. like the sun? Like, I think it's really Mel- important. Melatonin to, as well. I think something like that. Yes. There's a lot of, you know, research that goes into the sun and actually getting exposure to it. So whether you're walking around for like a half hour or something like that's great. I think you can kind of like, you know, you need to get away from screens, right? Like you need to try yeah. your best to break this like screen habit. Because when you're off your screen, that's when like you have your you time, right? Yes. Like if you ever like have your phone die, it's kind of like thinking like, oh crap. Yeah, I'm, what like, do I do now? stuck with my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like stuck with me, like in my thoughts. And I can kind of like, you kind of think about everything going on and it's important. You have to like face what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um. Well, Nicole, I'm going to save the rest for round two, like we said, okay. um, but I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, yeah, me as well. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I guess I will catch you in the next episode for sure. Sounds <laughs> but, good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we finish off? Uh, no, I would just Sorry, say that, like, that was putting you on the spot a bit. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I would just say like for someone looking into feeling better, you know, I, I always recommend starting pretty gradual just mm. to kind of see what works for you. So starting off gluten-free, going low carb, maybe trying out keto and then getting into carnivore. Sometimes that's a easier path um, yes. and less, less crazy to people, but I recommend just jump right in, like just get to the end part of carnivore. Cause like, I regret not going there sooner, um, knowing what I know now, but yeah, thank you so much. This was great and have a great day um, in Holland.